Hello and welcome to Football Power, brought to you by the Power Podcast. My name is Sean Forrest. Uh, today I was joined by Ewan Rankin from Talk Lovey Podcast and we spoke about the remarkable story of the current Livingston Football Club manager, David Martindale, and his transition and rehabilitation from being sentenced to six and a half years for drug offences to now being a Scottish Premier League manager. Um, and how he has transformed himself and the club. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Uh, so th- thanks for thanks for doing this with me. Anyway, how's, the, how's the talk living going? Ah, it's, ah, it's going well. Uh, so we've been doing that. This will be two years, two three oh. years. Uh, we've been doing it, and we kind of average about. 250, 300 listeners, but considering our size of our support, it's not too bad going. Um, and the club have always been, including Davey himself, have always been really good with us um, in terms of getting access to the players and stuff. So it's always been really good. Uh, we've managed to interview most of the first team squad over the last couple of years. And um, obviously with lockdown, it's not been quite as possible because we've not been able to go into the club as such, but we've managed to get a few of the kind of League Cup winners from 2004 on the podcast, which has been really good. Uh, but it's obviously a bit different recording it all from home. I I was going to say, so did you guys used to do it, like not remotely, would you just like meet up and do it? Because am I right, is there three years now, there used to be two? Well, actually, it's just extended, so there's five of us now. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so it's, 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 it started off with just me and Andy. Um, then Callum Brown, who also does commentary for LFC Live, he started doing that since obviously lockdown stuff came in, um, but he's he now thinks he's better big bollocks, so it doesn't come on quite <laughs> often. So we recruited one of the other boys we go to the football with. Uh, he's too busy milking cows. Uh, well, explain he is. He is. He does. Um, he does dairy deliveries. So, um, and then because he couldn't come on so often, we we got another boy called Angus who's been doing it the last few weeks. Uh, he also has his own website as well where he kind of covers Scottish football So, but happens to be a Livy fan so he's came on it the last few weeks as well Brilliant, I mean like I've only like, I think I only I dip in and out of like other teams kind of podcast because if there's, if, usually if they beat Hearts or something to do with Hearts or if something happens it's, it's a good way to kind of find out the kind of ins and outs of what people really think um, but obviously cause I, I knew you were doing it so um, I can't. I think it was after the five 0 games the first time I listened to you. It's just to just to like feed my anger of how you were, were feeling. That, that um, game, that game's one of the most bizarre games of football. <laughs> I mean, that that spell, that fourteen minute spell where five goals go in. I, I don't. I barely got a chance to sit down, like celebrating the goals. Like they were just as soon as as soon as you kind of sat down. All of a sudden, Ryan Hardy's back running through and going. You're going. What is going on here? <laughs> I, I I put that I put that game down as the that was the marker when everything fell apart. Like <laughs> like because Levine kind of got us in a decent playing field a wee bit with a good start to the season. But after that game, it just never there was never an up. Never it was from that moment that it, oh. Kind of, it was flattering kind of... for Livy to get described as being like PSG, though. Right, so uh, David Martindale, you're, you're the current your current manager, uh, someone who, I, I, as I said, I've got a 
the story I think is brilliant. Um, he was brought up in Govan, but moved to Livy when he he said in the overspill when he was younger. I mean, he's got a pretty broad Glasgow accent, not, but he, um, I think he still obviously went back and forth to Govan. He said that's how he got involved, and you know, people got involved with drugs and whatever. Um, six and a half years he was sentenced to, but I didn't I didn't realize he started. In 2004, when he was well, when he was bailed, pretty much that's when he, he kind of changed, and he went to he went to Harriet Watt to study um, a degree in project management. Um, so it seems like a type of guy that obviously realised straight away um, what he was doing was wrong, and you know found a way to turn it around pretty quickly, you know. Um, but to do six and a half years in jail and then come out of it, finish the degree, shows a kind of. Um, Kind of guy he is, I suppose. He he played with Rangers and Motherwell youth team, and then he played with the Rose. He said, "Did you know they played with the Rose?" Uh, I wasn't aware I mean, that he played with the Rose. I know he, I know he was uh, along the road at Bowness for a spell and right. the band and stuff like that. Because he played with he played with Scott Pittman. Um, who's ah, right, okay. just now, and he's he's very good pals with with Pitt's dad as well. Uh, but I hadn't realised they played with played with the Rose. Notice he mentioned the Rose and no Bonnet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I take it was this before or after he was in prison. I can't because he. I he think he. Been... I think he, he played a bit kind of before and after. I think because um, right. as I say, he played. I mean, he was involved with Pitts coming to Levy, so uh, I think he'd obviously played with them at some point, um, kind of in the spell between. Because um, I think so, he was coaching at Broxburn, as my understanding. That's when, while he was still working full time, obviously after he finished his degree and whatever, um, that is my understanding that he got a kind of. I don't know if he got poached or he was just put forward by somebody at Livy um, to help out with John, like John McGlynn was a manager at the time. And I think he, he said himself he was just he was going like a Tuesday and a Thursday just to like pick up cones and. Like sweep the place and look at help the groundsmen and stuff, um, but you know I don't know. Do you know Do you know anyone who got him involved directly, or do you know like how it started? I, d- I don't know how he directly got involved. I mean, the kind of first time we probably started to notice uh, Davy's involvement was when Hoppy was manager and appointed as manager, because Hoppy short and kind of hands in, in the coaching department so Davy kind of helped him on the touchline and taking the team for training and stuff like that and did, I, did, I they remember, have, did they have did they have any when Burchill was a manager did they have any um, like was he was he on the bench at that time or was he still just kind of like helping out was he was he employed yeah, as a I coach think, or I think he was on the bench every now and then but Hoppy was assistant to Burchill yeah. uh, at the time so I don't think he had the kind of same involvement but the fact that he he went in and he was doing the whole picking up the cones and laying out stuff, helping the grounds when it it kind of tells the tale of David. I mean, my experience with him, he is one of the hardest working folk around that club and he does the job of about three or four people. Yeah. Um, he's he's quite remarkable um, and I think it shows testament to how much he's turned himself around. Yeah, I think I, I think, and there's a funny way it shows in the. We'll get onto the kind of style of football, but from what I, I take from the style of football is that grit, determination, and you know, directness that 
he's kind of in himself has done in his own life. You know, he's he's you know he's seen his mistakes and to get through everything, do all the right things, tick all the boxes to to turn it around so quickly. That kind of determination shows, I think, in how he's he's got the team and you can see you can feel the team spirit and and at Livy just now. Uh, and the fans, especially, you can kind of feel that kind of that grit and determination is the way the way he wants to, you know, be. So when when so I'm trying to work out. So Hopkins, he was a he took the job. Butcher was sacked in December. I think is that 2015. Um, yeah, 2000, 2016. We got we got relegated to League One, and kind of I think a few fans had started to click on, obviously about about Davies past. Yeah, that's that's when I, I that's when I first I think remember it when he was made assistant. That was when the, the kind of media highlighted on, um, and it wasn't good. I remember it not being good, but thinking it, at the time, me obviously working with offenders, I'm like, this is a great thing. But everyone was like, you know, you know, you shouldn't. This guy shouldn't be working with, with, with you know youth. He shouldn't be coaching. You know, you're looking for role models. Where I'm in the opinion that this guy is a role model. He's exactly what you need. Somebody who's you know. A bit of life experience that you know you can you can show as an example. Yeah, I remember I remember doing going along to a fans forum at the start of that season, and the questions were starting to come from fans about uh, what's what's his credentials to be on the bench, and Hoppy, you know, never went into his background or anything. He just went. He played junior football for X amount of years. He's he's got badges, etc. He's qualified to be there, um, uh, and it was. You know, he's as good as anyone for it, and regardless of his kind of past. But I mean, we'd given whilst Toppy was there, we gave like so Declan Gallagher went went to prison and he came back out. And I mean, he's just helped Scotland qualify for the first major tournament in in twenty two years. Alan Lithgow as well, who sadly is kind of injured just now, but was club captain last year and was pivotal and us getting back to top flight. And these guys have, you know. Had checkered past, but the clubs kind of looked past that and and reaped the rewards of it because we've given them that second chance, and they kind of show you that because you've given them that chance, they'll go that extra mile for you almost, and that's been as I say with D- Davies the prime example of those kind of three, and that he was given that chance. John Ward, our CEO, I know fairly well, um, and he's been he kind of speaks so highly of David. I mean, he's offered him the manager's job twice. Um, he was offered that when Hoppy left. Uh, he was offered that when Kenny Miller left. And then he was first choice for it when, when Holt left. And I think Davy's now kind of finally looking at it now. And I think he thought the time was right. I think when we got promoted from the championship, he, he thought the media would would highlight it too much. He did think it was the right time for that and for all that to kind of get regurgitated about his past. There was a quote where he, he said um, he did, He felt like if he took the job, it would be like a, a bit of a shame to the club. Like he still felt, even though after all these years and he was you know, being successful and offered the job, he still felt that kind of guilt, um, which I, I, I thought, you know, it's a shame on, that's just football, that's the football culture, you know, the football media. Um, that he was like, you know, scared that you know, really just putting himself out there, um, which I think is a shame. But all all credit um, to Livingston for keep giving him those chances. They obviously really believed in him, and I think that I didn't know that about. Um, uh, or I, I see, I forgot that about Dylan Gallagher. That, that's uh, I forgot about that. Um, but 
yeah, to for him to still feel that even though he was capable of the job, to feel um, like ashamed by it is, is pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's as as he he's touched on it as well. It's he kind of half expects it to come from kind of football supporters, as you say. It's just the culture of it, but. Football fans are so fickle at the same time. Like, again, we used to get, I, I remember Decky playing a game, Declan Gallagher playing a game against Clyde in a cup game, and they were singing about Berlin and stuff like that. And I bet those fans now worship him as a guy that's helped Squatton qualify for a major tournament. Uh, it's just what football fans are like. They're very fickle and their opinions will change very quickly if someone's doing the job for you. And I think, you know, Having got to kind of be behind the scenes quite a lot doing the podcast, you you see firsthand what Davey does. And I've never known Davey other than when he's been at Livingston Football Club, so I'm not going to judge him on his past. I judge him on what he does now since I've met him. And he's been brand new with us for the podcast. And as I say, the club, to be totally honest, the club wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for him. He's played that big a role. And... I'm glad he's the manager now. When um, so I, obviously I can't really remember. Well, at least they were obviously in the league at the same time as Hearts in the fourteen fifteen season. I can't remember how the how Livingston were. Um, so when Hopkins was the manager, what was the style of play like in terms of? Because I'm saying this because this was the first time that Davy was obviously he was assistant. He was you know directly involved in how the team would probably play. Um, how would you describe it? Was Hopkins was Hopkins style similar to what it still is now, or was there a difference then? There's still there's still a kind of element to it. I think um, when we got relegated to League One, I think the kind of emphasis was on being the full time team. We would be the fittest team in the league, and I remember it was Liam Kelly, uh, Player of the Year awards, was telling us the stats on the likes of Scott Pittman and Sean Byrne playing centre mid. And he compared it with the old fun players that weekend. So their opta stats, they the most any old fun player had covered was something like 10 and a half, 11 K. And Pitts and Sean Byrne had covered 13, 14 K each um, in the middle of the park. And that was a big emphasis. It was just on constant press from the front. Um, not always easy on the eye, but it was effective. Football teams hated playing it, playing against us quite happy to just go and put the ball forward and then play in the right areas. But we always get a stick of being a oh, big hoofball team, big physical team. And then you go and look at a team that played against Hibs, for example, at the weekend, you've got Scott Pittman, Sibold, Holt, Robinson, who are all five foot, between five six and five eight. <laughs> They're not exactly big monsters. And that was the case even further down the leagues. We weren't they? Yeah, kind of centre-halves were fairly big, but most centre-halves tend to be fairly big. Um, but we just got this this label as we came up through the divisions. But, you know, football football's that amazing game. Games can be won in different ways, and we found a way of playing that was very effective. But um, it was kind of... The team was built in the mould of kind of Hoppy as a player. Uh, Hoppy was a very kind of hard-working centre-fielder, and... It kind of carried on um, when Hoppy left, uh, minus the little stint with Kenny Miller, mind. So, do you feel that he, um, do you feel like David took, is taking his kind of philosophy from 
from Hoppy. That's where he kind of kind of moulded it. That that was the way that he liked to play, and that that worked obviously, and that that kind of style. Um, because when obviously when Kenny Miller came in, and it was was it eight games, was it even as much as that? Um, yeah, I think he had he had four. I think he had five cup ties. I think he had. I think he managed two league games. So it was seven, seven games. So that, seven games. A, this was really. This was the really. I think got highlighted about the question was what is what is David Martindale doing because the, this this kind of head of football operations kind of came out this quote and then Kenny Miller to be fair didn't really without you know without saying what he's going into detail he, he kind of said roughly that he felt that. The, the the club was getting run, the team was getting run without his say in a way. I think that he was trying to put that out there. Do you think that was directed at David Martindale? Um, I mean, Kenny Miller was a disaster waiting to happen, I think. Um, his first press conference, I mean, we've always kept it very similar the last few years in that any new manager coming in will work with the backroom staff that are there. And Kenny Miller came in and his first press conference said how he wanted to bring in another coach. And you just kind of thought right there and then you're you're kind of off that bad start type thing. And I think the team spirit and everything from a team that was so successful off the back of back-to-back promotions, I think Miller didn't have, kind of offer the same kind of team spirit that had been going about the place. And I think it was, I don't think the players quite enjoyed it. And Davey, to be fair to him, was offered the job before Kenny took it and David done the vast majority of recruitment that summer whilst we were kind of doing the process of appointing another manager and so the majority of that team that was put together David was heavily involved with That's, and, I mean Lyndon, Lyndon Dykes being the kind of I mean the star man he was so he was brought in by David is that right? Yeah it would have been a combination of him and Holty uh, that brought that brought Lyndon in that was kind of halfway through our, our first season back up and oh, so he, so he was there, right? Okay, right, okay. Um, but that that summer under Miller, um, when Miller came in, it was, and then it was the combination of that and the player manager aspect as well. I just don't think it was working at all. I think when you're a player manager, I think you need a quite a heavy backroom staff, and we just weren't going to do that. And I think it was quite an eye opener for Miller as well, and we think the board, John Ward mentioned to Miller look we think we sh- you should give up the kind of playing side and he wasn't ready to do that so it was best for, best for both parties to, to kind of part ways but um, obviously all the stuff about Davies past then started getting regurgitated the whole the, the way folk make it out is like Davies some kind of mafia overlord at Livy I think uh-huh. opposition clubs seem to make but he, he is heavily involved because he was assistant manager and then he was head of football ops and I mean, you can go down to the biggest clubs in the world, like Man United. Ed Woodward's in charge of recruitment as chief executive. You know, it's it happens at the biggest clubs in the world, so it shouldn't be that strange that, you know, there's a guy that's kind of fronted up as in charge of kind of football operations. I think I think people just maybe because because it all kind of happened so quickly from him joining the club as a, as as he said a volunteer and working his way up. I think. People get their backs up to think, you know, why why is he so good? You know, how how can he be so good? But again, that just shows how much he's he's got involved and proven everybody how good a job he, you know he's doing. I think with with the case with 
the Kenny Miller. I, from outside looking in, I got the feeling that Livingston wanted to keep, as you say, keep the, the you know the squad and the team together. But nine times out of ten, when a new manager comes in, you're going to expect them to bring some like other people with them, with their own coaching staff and their own kind of you know their own kind of way of working. I think Livy maybe cut themselves short a bit by you know saying that they just want to look for one man to fit into the kind of the structure they've got. I mean, it makes sense and it's, you know, ultimately worked with, with Gary Holt, but I think, again, look, outside looking in, it's quite a strange way to go about things. Um, but again, it shows the trust, you know, it shows the trust that um, David Ward, was it David Ward? His name was? Uh, John Ward. John I mean, Ward. Right? In terms of the backroom staff thing, I think the budget that the club's got, they can't afford to, any time a manager leaves, bring in a, a new kit man, a new physio, a new sports scientist, a new, you know, kind of everything on top of that. We can't afford to keep changing that. Whilst the likes of Cheb, the kit man, and the physio, like, they've been there, you're talking close to 10 years, uh, the pair of them have been at the club. Like, they've, they're part of the furniture there, and there's no need to kind of change folk like that. I think and there's I think, a fear because of, obviously, the, the kind of financial troubles and, and all that stuff that it's a, it's a fear of that, you know, this is working, let's just, you know, stay within where we are, the parameters that are keeping us, you know, it's obviously successful, but, you know, being a bit scared to go that to, to go into new waters or get new people in because... You know, of of where it was, all where he's were before, and how bad things could have been. You know, yes, yeah, it's, it's probably a bit of that, and it's. I mean, John Ward was tweeting about when we appointed Davy. It, it made financial sense at the same time, um, and the only kind of change to the backroom staff since Davy's been appointed is Liam Fox, who was involved at Hearts, but he's a yeah. club legend at Livy. He was club captain, one of our longest serving players, and Foxy's came in as as Davy's number two. But again, Foxy worked with Andy, Cheb, you know, all these guys when he was playing for the club. So it's one of those ones he kind of fits straight into the setup. Um but kind of going on to when Gary Holt came in, one of the first things Gary said was, I don't need to come in here and change anything because they're just off the back of back to back promotions. Why change something that's no broke? Yeah. And we just carried on in the same mode um for the next two seasons. I think there was there was gradual changes in the way that we played. I think we changed our, certainly on the whole, we went from kind of playing a three at the back first season, basically played a flat back four last year. And I think the biggest change uh, in the style of play was at the start of this season, um, which was clear to see. I think we were trying to play through the thirds a lot more. And I think it kind of contributed to our bad run of form. We were getting caught out a lot more. But since Davies came in, he's just gone, he's gone back to what, made us so successful those first two years in the in the top flight and I mean seven wins on the bounce. <laughs> you can't, you can't really argue with what he's doing. And that and you see that that style, I mean I, people people will slaughter me for even saying that, but I I enjoy it. Like I always thought Hearts were of their best days when they were direct, when they had they had big strong physical teams and they were got in people's faces and they were organized um and, and again direct. And I think that Love have just got, as you said, how many like small players they've got. Like Scott Robinson up front, you know, like to to bully two Hibs defenders. I think it's and that just shows the the kind of willingness and the grit and determination that's kind of now seeded into the club. But this is how you have to play. Um, and 
for you know Gary Holt's time there. I think, as you say, the only times that maybe they try to tweak it, maybe I don't play a bit more football or whatever. That was the only times you was, you were punished and you went through a bad kind of spell. Was when you didn't go with that that kind of philosophy of you know getting their faces get up, like play ugly. I think Gary Gary Holt said at the start of the season, get you back to playing ugly. And I think I, I think that's great. I really do. <laughs> um, I think it's the fundamentals of football, though. We just that's what we try and do. We do the kind of fundamental things you need to do to win games of football, right? Don't give away too many chances at the back. Clear your lines and try and be effective in the final third and create opportunities. And as I say, it's 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 not it's not rocket science what Davy's doing in terms of the shaping stuff. What what I have been really impressed with since he's got the job is I think he's really tactically switched on. Um, he's made three or four kind of changes across this run in terms of our shape and things like that and just little tactical tweaks that have been really noticeable but have ended up being a massive, making a massive difference in kind of the way games have gone and the pattern of the game. I think it, it shows that he's not... He, he, is, he does have a footballing brain as well. It's not just that he's... Um, hard working etc I think he is quite tactically switched on obviously I listened to you guys um, once I think when Gary Holt left I listened to yous to try and see how yous were feeling because you didn't I was surprised that you didn't even though Davy's name was there but none of you kind of thought of him straight off the bat but was that just because you felt that maybe he just wouldn't take it again like you, you yeah that... I, I just uh, with that one with Davy it was more kind of He'd been offered it before. I assumed he would probably get offered it, but the fact he kind of knocked it back a couple of times because he didn't think he was maybe quite ready and the role that he had, the kind of head of football ops role, I thought it would have been, I don't know, there could have been some contradictions with him taking the manager's job from that, but um, it was kind of partly why, but we never really thought of Davy. it would have been the obvious one. Um, So he obviously... He, he wasn't allowed to do his, um, his Scottish, well, his, his licence in Scotland. I think or he was to maybe a certain point, but he had to go to Ireland to do it. Um, and that was because uh, the Irish FA are more inclusive in the sense of, probably because they have a lot more political prisoners in Ireland um, that they could take people on. But he hinted that uh, when, he, when he got the job, he done his, his interview, he hinted that the, the new campaign by SFA, Football Unite, I think it's called, where they're going to try and you know, they're trying to bring down the the, bar, the barriers of being inclusive, and um, I think he's now allowed to do his pro license in Scotland. If I'm right, I think he I think he's got an hour to finish off one of his licenses. I can't remember if, if it was his A or B. Uh, that's still with the Irish FA, so I think he had an hour to complete, and then he's got that. But he's still to go through the the fit and proper persons test, which I think's next month with the SFA, but. I think reading between the lines of that interview, I think uh, I still don't think the SFA are too, still still too keen on the idea, which is um, I think what's held us held us up from potentially appointing them in the past. But uh, hopefully that kind of turns around if you see the difference he's making to the team. And as you say, he's, he's clearly made an effort to turn his life around since coming out of prison. Even before he went into prison, he was making an effort to change his life around. And I think. It would kind of make a mockery of the of the system um, if they weren't to give him a chance. That's that's the whole idea about it is rehabilitation, and folks should get the opportunity to kind of reintegrate themselves into society. 
which Davies trying to do, and let's be honest, he's done a very good job of it as well. Exactly, and that is again, the, the SFA have to look at themselves, um, you know, for having denied him been doing his coaching licenses before, and and hopefully this the new kind of United Football campaign is the wake up call. Um, and this is an all, all sense of, of inclusivity, but for somebody, for, re- for offenders to come out, people are trying to change their life. And football is the thing that, you know, everybody loves football. And guys who are involved in, in violence and um, organised crime, the, the thing is they love football. Most of them are involved with football. It's the only thing that they could maybe even care about. So why there isn't enough more programmes um, for people coming out of prison to do coaching, to do their badges, to get involved with clubs, to, you know, to, to work with, to work with youth and and get that those kind of skills that you know they could have a career in football it doesn't have to be a manager you know that's you know that's the heights of we all dream of being a manager but even just being involved in a club um so I, i'm ho- i'm hoping that once the, the fit and proper checks done um it will be a, a kind of a good step forward for 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 the whole of scottish football um that this can be something that you know, won't be a one-off story, and there's not only be one David Martindale. Um, people can come out of prison with a with a a goal of you know this is something I'm interested in and have avenues to go down. Nice, nah, as I say, he's been he's been fantastic for Livingston Football Club, and I I for one am delighted that the likes of John Ward and Robert Wilson, um, kind of CEO and and chairman, have given David that chance because. He's repaid the club tenfold. I mean, I mean, as I say, David does the work of like three or four people. I've seen him in fit in the reception when we got promoted. I've seen him changing seats in the stand. He's been up on cherry pickers changing lights. Like, I'm pretty sure one of his holidays between, I think, when we got promoted, he was out dealing with a kit supplier in Thailand. Like, <laughs> it's just like, he puts in so much graft into that job. And... You know, it's it's evident to see because the team, as you say, it's it's almost built in that kind of mould as well. They're grafters and, you know, e- not even looking at the kind of the offender side of things. Like there's guys like Scott Pittman who dropped out of senior football and was playing junior football with Bone S and we signed him. Davey was involved in that, bringing him to Levy. Scott Robinson, we, get, we basically paid for his surgery when he was at East Fife. Again, he dropped out of full-time football. We we gave him the opportunity, said, we'll pay for your kind of, I think it was a groin problem we had, paid for his surgery, and he's just recently made 100 appearances for the club. There's like, there's loads of examples where kind of we've given players that second chance, and it's all in that kind of mould with Davey as well. Like We've given them that opportunity again, and the way they've repaid the club is, is quite amazing. Yeah, and... Yeah, this is why the story like, I wanted to do something about just in living in general for being a, a club that's mainly just talked about because they've got a plastic pitch. The the stuff that they're the stuff that they're doing um, is I think the Marco for Scottish football. Seven and seven. Uh, what? <laughs> how do? You, how far do you think you can? How far do you think this will go? I've not seen a lot of buckling in the like in the wins and in the highlights. There's not been a lot of. Struggles, if that makes sense. It's not been. Nah, I mean, we've got a cup semi final to look forward to at the end of the month. I think this month's going to prove quite tough. We've got 11 games in 35 days. 
um, which is going to be quite an ask of the squad. Considering Celtic have got a week off to go on a jolly to Dubai, I think it's quite insulting, to be honest. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but that's, I think this will be a real test for David. We've got Ross County at the weekend and then we've got Aberdeen and then a double header with Celtic before the semi finals. So we've got a kind of tough run of fixtures coming up. But I mean, the team's flying, absolutely flying. As you say, like, I mean, I've watched all the games and we've looked really comfortable. In particular, I mean, the Hibs game was the biggest eye opener. Went to a team that's sitting fourth in the league. Everyone's kind of raved about this season and absolutely wiped the floor with them. Um, and it could have been more than three. That's that's what you know. Could have easily been five or six. That, Hibs, Hibs a, I felt Hibs looked kind of scared. Um, and I'm you know I'm I'm a I'm a Jack Ross fan. You know I I think he's built a really good squad there. But I felt like from the off, Livy just getting in their faces and they just terrified them. And the, the defense just didn't know what to do. You know every time every time the ball got put up in that final third, they looked scared. Um, yeah, and and I and I think I think a lot of teams will feel like that. Yeah, I think ever ever as I say, since Davey came in, I kind of touched on Gary maybe trying to change the style a wee bit, and I think since Davey's kind of taken the reins, he's he's just gone back to that kind of basic element, and it, there's players that were maybe off form at the start of the season, the likes of Gusty, who got a lot of our Player of the Year awards last year, Bartley as well, I thought was really off form, and uh, guys like that are back to kind of the form they were at last year and as you say like we're back to playing that way I kind of expect us to play now that just total in your face kind of full throttle pressing from the front and we look like the team I've I now expect to see every week um, from us and it, it is brilliant it's um, it's brilliant watching us just now and hopefully we can Hopefully we can hang on to kind of top six would be would be another remarkable season for us. Firstly, thank you everyone for listening. If you made it this far, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, David Martindale's story is one that I think um, Scottish football as a whole can learn from and hopefully moving forward we have more stories like it. Um, and not just in the case of uh, offenders, but in all forms of inclusion, um, the Scottish game is severely lacking. So thanks very much and thanks again to Ewan for helping me. If anyone wants to get in touch with Ewan or any of the guys, you can get them at Libby Talk um, and subscribe to their podcast which is on Spotify and iTunes thanks again